I'm Quinn. And I'm Alex. And we're a, a couple, couple of, of characters. characters. We discuss topics related to creating characters for role-playing games. What are we going to be talking about today, Alex? So today I was thinking about making a bard that is interested in making a vampire musical. And the inspiration for this character came from the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Jason Siegel's character Peter wants to make a Dracula musical and I started thinking about it and thought it would be very funny if that was our our hook for today's character. I was. love it. Especially because, you know, we're right in the midst of spooky season. I mean, I know this comes out after Halloween, but still. We're recording before Halloween, so we we're really straddling the holiday, you know. Truly. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. Okay. That's today's character we're going to make as a bard interested in writing a vampire musical, and that's all I know. All right. Sounds awesome. But first, it's time for a random encounter. So, this is a new segment where we briefly talk about characters we have encountered outside of RPGs, like in TV, movies, books, video games, whatever. Alex, do you have any characters you'd like to talk about? Yeah, so I was reading a book series recently called The Nevernight Chronicles by Jay Kristoff. And the main character in this is Mia Corvair. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Corvary. Something like that. Yeah, whatever. And she is a young woman. I think she's 16 or 17, maybe 18, somewhere in that range. Sure. And she um, joins this... I mean, it's kind of like a cult. It's an organization that deals in death. And she trains to become an assassin without giving too much away. Sure, sure. Yeah, so that... But I just thought she was a very cool character. And I love a book where you get to train to be an assassin. So what about you, Quinn? Do you have any random encounters? Oh, you know I do. So I just finished two days ago The Testaments by Margaret Atwood, and it was so good. I couldn't put it down. And I really loved um, one of the three main characters in that book is Aunt Lydia, mm-hmm. um, who appeared in the first book, The Handmaid's Tale. Yep. And in this book, you actually get to hear her story and like her rise to power and all that stuff and how she influenced um, Gilead, that country, and like, how everything, like, the political order in there and all of that stuff. And I thought it was super interesting and it made her an actually sympathetic character because, like, in The Handmaid's Tale, you you hate her. But then in this one, you were like, oh, no, everything she's doing, it makes sense. Right, in The Handmaid's Tale, she's basically just the, like, head of, what are they called? Ants. The ants, yeah. So she's the head of the ants and that's kind of all you get you get a few scenes with her and she's kind of crappy in those scenes but otherwise you don't get a lot of her right so i just i really liked hearing her story in this one all right oh i do want to do a quick trigger warning for the nevernight chronicles if you read it there is a lot of violence in that book series so just be warned and probably look into other trigger warnings or content warnings as you need yes Probably same with Hammond's too. <laughs> yes. A lot of violence <laughs> or, and violence against women. Right. So, yep. If you want to read these books and find out more about those characters, that's great. But just make sure you check those content warnings. Definitely. All right. Let's get into making this bard, though. Yes. 
now that that encounter is over, let's start making that spooky bard. Yes. You know what's a really underused word is spooktacular. Spooktacular you know? is a great word. But no one ever uses it except in October. So I, this episode will come on November, so let's make a spooktacular bard and break those norms. Oh, even yeah. Though, you know, we're recording in October. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think first thing we should do is roll a race because I didn't have any... I haven't pictured this character fully yet, and I don't know if they're male or woman or non-binary, if they are human elf or something else. So let's find out. Sure. A four, which is a human. All right. So that is it. <laughs> Just a human. Well, we could do... We could roll to see if it's uh, normal or variant if okay. you want to do... Sure. Even for normal, odd for variant. Sounds good. Got a four again. Okay, so we're just going to do the plus one to each stat. Not very exciting, but, you know, that's fine. That's what we got. And right. now let's roll for those ability scores. We're just going to do an order. Are we going to assign them? Oh, let's just do them in order. It's more fun. All Even right. if they turn out to be not charismatic, it'll be unfortunate. Even funnier. But yeah. I think is what you meant to say. Mm-hmm. 12. 12 in strength. 9 in dex. All right. <laughs> 11 in con. This is a very average human so far. <laughs> yep. 11 in int. 14 in wisdom. Okay. And 13 in charisma. Oh, there we go. That's not bad. Yeah. Okay, so then as a standard team in, we get a plus one to all ability scores, I believe. Read them off when you're ready, Quinn. All right, so we got strength 13, dex 10, con 12, int 12, wisdom 15, and charisma 14. Kind of a, uh, not a superstar by any means, but they'll get the job done. That's all you need. All right, so let's get a little more into... The, oh, I guess we oh. got to roll for the their gender. Yes, roll for gender. We got a five, so... We have a non-binary human bard. Yes. They want to write a vampire musical. Yes. All right. So I'm going to give you my initial thought. Well, I guess here's one question we need to really answer is, why do they want to write a vampire musical? And how much do they know about vampires? <laughs> So my thought when you first told me that I want to make a bard that wants to make a vampire musical, mm -hmm. they don't really know much. They know that vampires exist and they, they're they like, oh, you know, like there's tropes of like monster things and like falling in love and all that stuff. But I don't know much, so I need to go out in the world, maybe encounter some, do some research. Yes. And I think I like the idea of them kind of really having the romanticized version of a vampire. Like, oh, yeah. they're these beautiful creatures that people fall in love with. And then they kind of zoned out and didn't listen to the rest okay, of that yes. story. So they were in school or whatever, and they weren't really, they didn't really care about mm -hmm. most of the subjects. Right. They really liked like reading and literature and books and all that stuff. And, like, maybe some of, like, learning about different, like, creatures that, you know, exist out in the world. Yep. But they really love reading romance novels. Right. Okay. 
and they also I mean I also feel like a big part of like that could be part of romance is adventure so maybe they're reading these like adventure romance novels right and they're like that sounds awesome let's go do that so maybe they graduated from school and okay yeah so they graduated from school and they want to go out in the world to learn more about it and ooh, or even maybe they're about to graduate and they're gonna do their big thesis project Oh, okay. And they have to make something, like, they have to have a big creative component or whatever. And they're like, I'm going to make a vampire musical. <laughs> For their bard college? Yeah. And that one of the things you have to do is you have to go out and adventure. And part of it is, like, take whatever you, like, encountered in your adventure, whatever, and turn that into a creative component for your thesis. Excellent. Yeah, so for the bard um, in 5th edition... We have a college selection at level three, and this kind of helps you shape what type of bard you're going to be, whether you're focused on lore or you're focused on valor or whatever it might be. Yeah. And so our bard is going to go out, and I guess in our world's fiction here, the college of the bard is literally a college. Yes. Because I know it, it can be just like a mentor or like collecting stories through people in cities or whatever. But in this yeah, world, like we're... it could just be like some sort of organization, like a like a guild kind of thing. Right. But yeah, I think like this is literally yeah, a th- school. In this world, it's literally a college. Yeah. Sounds good. How old are they? And can we give them a name so we don't have to just. Yes, dance I would love to give the them a name. Time. I think they're like. Like early twenties, okay. So like that sounds they're right. yeah, they're pretty young, but they're coming up to the end of their their college studies. All right. Um, their name. Your mom's favorite tree. Myrtle. <laughs> Myrtle crabapple. <laughs> okay, Myrtle crabapple. <laughs> because I thought it would be funny because we. Quinn and I once talked about like naming kids with tree names, and I just thought it was hilarious that how horrible of a name this tree is. Oh, well, my mom's favorite tree is a crepe myrtle. Well, you know, we're going with myrtle crab apple yeah. instead. I, I love it. <laughs> Which, you know, it's kind of combining your mom's favorite tree with a tree I had in my yard growing up, a crab apple tree. I also had a crab apple tree in my yard growing up. Oh, fun facts about Quinn and Alice today. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Myrtle is at their bard college, and they have decided to go and find out more about vampires to uh, write this vampire musical they want to make for their thesis. This is great. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so if we want to go with this, I will yes and it for sure. I was going to throw out my other idea that I had. All right, what's your other idea? So my other idea was that they have already done like a big thesis project or whatever. And this other rival bard kind of steals it and makes it their own. And then Myrtle is, you know, no one really believes that Myrtle wrote oh, the came story. Up with the idea. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and then Myrtle hears something about vampires and is like, well, you know what? I'm just gonna go write another better story, and prove that I'm the better bard than this rival that stole my story in the first place. Okay, so they Myrtle That's, had a story. Yes, and then. Someone, you know, yeah, another student there, the Draco Jonathan. to their Harry. Yeah, Jonathan Draco. Jonathan Draco, got it. <laughs> so, 
Jonathan Draco steals Myrtle's wonderful romantic play. About werewolves. Okay. Where there's vampires, there's always got to be werewolves right nearby. Okay. But in this case, it was werewolves first, and now it's vampires. All right. So. This is just the other option. We don't. We can go with either. I was just throwing something else out. Oh, we can, we can do both. I'm going to tell you how we can do both. All right, go for it. So, they've been researching monsters. They spent a lot of time researching werewolves. And Jake, Jonathan? Yeah. Jonathan steals this idea Mm -hmm. claims that it is his yep and then Myrtle's well I can do one better I'll go with a different monster vampires yeah because what's cooler than a werewolf a vampire right and the problem is Myrtle doesn't know as much about vampires right Myrtle's been spending the last like you know two years or whatever writing this thesis on werewolves and learned so much about lycanthropy and, you know, the changing of people and all this stuff with the moon cycles. And they're like, well, I don't know much about vampires. So, so I, really I gotta, gotta kind of start over. Yeah. So, like, their quest is they're going to go out and learn about vampires and maybe try to encounter a vampire or two. I definitely think they want to meet vampires to inspire oh, their music for they sure. They definitely do. And, like, they're also going to be looking for like other libraries and stories and other things. Yeah. So. You know, doing what bards do mm-hmm. in general, but also mainly I'm trying to meet a vampire, not to fight or defeat, but to just sit down and have a conversation with and yeah. learn a little bit more about you. And what's, maybe what's, even what's, fall in love. Yeah. Yeah. What's, you know, I want to know what's inside this pale, pallid skin with the sharp fangs and the blood sucking. But what's inside? Yeah. And the answer is obviously blood. (laughs) But what else? (laughs) Okay, so I like this for that. So what would the backstory be then? Uh, That's an excellent question. So there is Sage, which is like a researcher. Yeah. So that's... That's not terrible. Um, If we go with a PHB one, I think Sage is definitely the best choice. Yeah, I think let's do that. And their specialty is like researching like monsters and those kinds of things like right yeah yeah. okay so as a sage they will have arcana and history for two of their skills and then at first level bards get to pick three skills so what three skills should we give them i feel like performance because they are writing a musical so i feel like they like the singing Mm mm-hmm yeah i think they'll definitely be part of the musical if we if we continue to base it off the forgetting Sarah Marshall character Peter, then he is the um He's the lead the composer and he sings the lead part and plays the piano. Yes. So we could go with that. Obviously, you know, making it at home, you pick whatever instrument and whatever style you want if you want to make this character, but let's just go with a piano player. Yes. So they are a pianist. And I agree, though, performance. So that's one of their instruments, because yes. you also get to pick three of those. Yes, piano, um, and then definitely performance. I think maybe nature would be good, because oh, that yeah. kind of teaches you about monsters and stuff, if you yeah. want to do a like check to find out a, more about a creature that you encounter. 
Sure, yeah. It'd probably be a nature check. That makes sense to me. All right. And then the last one. Uh, I feel like they probably should not be proficient with persuasion just because they could not convince people that Jonathan Draco wasn't the one that, you know, wrote that thesis. That's a good point. So I think it'll be kind of, you know, it's always interesting to play a character that's like, oh, I'm super great at charisma, but I'm not actually that good at talking to people. Yeah. You know, what's another funny thing is in the stage, one of the options is a discredited academic. Oh, okay. So, so that's maybe... kind of like what we're doing is yeah, that we, they're we trying should. to like, they were discredited and their tr- their goal is to discredit jonathan draco and Mm -hmm. prove that no i'm i'm the better bard i'm the better academic yes i agree so i think yes within the sage background they are the discredited academic which is they're also pretty bitter that they have to start their project over and stay even longer at like at the school Mm -hmm. not that they dislike the school it's just they they were like oh yeah i'm done i'm gonna go out and do my thing and now i can't yeah, because Jonathan Draco's, he graduated because they accepted his thesis mm-hmm. that he stole from Myrtle. Yeah. And, of course, Jonathan Draco's now the new kid on the block. He's so sexy. Everyone wants to hear Jonathan Draco perform. Yeah. And this really just gets under Myrtle's skin. Yes, 100%. And I would love to, you know, just give this to the dungeon master to be like, hey, go ahead and do whatever you want with this NPC, but he is my rival. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so we get one more skill that we can pick. So we have acrobatics, athletics, you know, if we wanted to do some more maybe movement things, if Myrtle's a dancer, hmm. um, stealth or sleight of hand, if they're maybe trying to be sneaky. Let's see. We have insight. We have all the wisdom skills, you know, animal handling. That might be kind of funny. I was going to say animal <laughs> handling would be funny. All right, we're going to go with animal handling. A skill that does not often come up in the games I have played, at least, but still a skill that exists and that you can certainly take. Yes. And especially if you're training to, like, you know, do this thesis on werewolves and you learned a lot about werewolves and, like, canthropy. Yeah, I feel like they would be trying to, like talk to them and convince them that like hey i mean you no harm i just want to talk to you like i feel like that would be a bit of an advantage for right. you yeah and so then i think uh, what else do we need to do quinn um well since we're doing third level we need to choose a bardic college and expertise right okay at least um yeah, we want to go to We're not going to least... pay attention to the spells, right? Like, we're just kind of like, whatever. Yeah, you you do you for the spells, you know. Um, if you ever want spell suggestions, you can email us and be like, hey, what would you do for this person? And give us a little background. But for the show, I think it's kind of boring to be like, let me just list six spells or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll skip the spells for now. But, yeah, let's definitely pick a bard college for them. Okay, so real quick, let's just do expertise. All right. Um, I think... Did we get two? We do get two. I think definitely expertise in performance. I agree. Since their whole thing is they want to make a musical and star in it. Mm-hmm. And maybe nature? I also was thinking nature because their whole yeah. thing is researching 
Yeah. So I think, yeah. yeah, that sounds good to me. Expertise in nature and performance. And you actually, you told me about this, um, this bard college that you saw on the, the Dungeon Masters Guild website. Yeah, so I found uh, there was two colleges that I actually saw the other one first. It was called the College of the Scare Actor. But then as I was reading through the person that published its um, list of things that they've written, I came across College of the Horror Host. And this one really seems to fit what we want to do. So obviously you would have to talk to your DM about whether or not they will allow this in their campaign since it's not from a published book. But uh, Quinn, do you want to read us a little bit about the College of the Horror Host? So the like the little blurb that starshine that's the author um it says fear is an art form creating performances that terrify your foes while entertaining your friends requires skill and finesse those who study in the college of the horror host learn how to walk this line when you meet a bard from the college of the horror host you can be sure of a performance that is equal parts comical and horrific bards from the college of the horror host learn how to spread fear with their inspiration as they grow stronger they learn how to perform powerful jump scares which is hilarious and at 14th level, they learn how to turn their allies into facsimiles of horrible but powerful monsters. Yeah. So this just feels like really, like, really leaning into, I want to make a a spooky and entertaining performance. Right. I also really like the part where it mentions mixing comedy with horror because at the end of Freaking Sarah Marshall, Peter, like, makes his Dracula musical and it turns out to be like a comedy slash horror puppet show that he does. Yeah. And so I just think it's very appropriate that we get this comedy slash horror style of bard. Yeah, I agree. And I also just, you know, it's just that description is very well written. So shout out to Starshine. And we'll definitely put a link to this in our show notes if you want to check it out too. Yes. But also, if your dungeon master is going to be boring and doesn't want to let you play this and says, now you got to pick something from the book, let's go ahead and pick one from the book as well. So which one do you think for the PHB or Xanthar's Guide or whatever yeah, published? Yeah, the, uh, the official. Yeah, the published publish. material. Um, Probably the College of Whispers from Xanthar's Guide, just because that also has a thing where you can scare people yeah that one you have the ability i believe it's your third level ability too where you can yeah it's called words of terror yeah and if you talk to someone for at least a minute then you can make them basically make a save to figure out whether or not they're frightened yeah and if they pass the save they don't even know you tried to do that which is pretty great yeah that is nice so, yeah, I think that's a very good fit for our bard, at least through the published materials. I think the College of the Horror Host is a better fit, um, yeah. you know, on brand of what we're trying to build. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I think that, that pretty much just sums it up. So we'll just do a quick little summary again, rundown of what we made for yeah. Myrtle. Myrtle Crabapple. Yes, the human bard extraordinaire who is a discredited academic sage Mm -hmm. and they were working on their thesis project at their bard college and 
their rival stole it, so now they have to start over from scratch, and they want to make a a romantic musical featuring at least one vampire. Mm-hmm. So they're ideally starring one vampire, but yes. Yeah, so I think that Myrtle's secret desire is that they will have they they themselves will be starring in it alongside an actual vampire. Yes, at least one. Ideally, the entire cast besides Myrtle is vampires. Maybe Myrtle wants to be a vampire themselves. Who knows? You you know what? That's a great point, and maybe they do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that is what we have, um, and yeah. we rolled our stats. They oh, yeah, were I'll not run down great. those. Um, we got Strength 13, Dex 10, Con 12, Int 12, Wisdom 15, Charisma 14, Myrtle is also non-binary, and the um, and the skills that they have are arcana, history, performance, nature, and animal handling, and they have expertise in performance and nature, um, and... I think that's it. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, and their college is, if your DM is cool, you can be <laughs> College of the Horror Host. And if they're boring, then you can be College of Whispers. I mean, College of Whispers is also fun, so we're not we're not trying to hate on College of Whispers. We're just trying to hate on your DM. <laughs> yes, that we're just, isn't cool. Yeah, that won't let you do all the cool, fun, <laughs> non-official stuff. Yeah, and we have read through the horror host. At least I did, and I don't think that there's anything that's like too overpowered or anything. So I think it would be fine. Yeah. And, you know, if they do think it's too overpowered, you can always work with them to maybe change some of the stuff. Like, you can homebrew stuff. Right. Just remember, D&D is all about, like, the books are there to guide us, and then the rest is for us to take those ideas and make them our own and have fun with them. Yeah, they're really just a launching pad for your creativity. Yep. All right. And now, for the first time ever, <laughs> we have some listener feedback. Woo! We got an email. Um, Kyle wrote to us asking for help creating the ultimate fighter slash ranger slash rogue for the epic campaign he's playing in with his friends. So their characters will eventually be able to get up to level 100, but right now he wants a backup level 36 character that maximizes ranged damage per second. He really likes the Kenku race, and the world that they're playing in is a high magic setting. And one rule for their campaign is that they can't take any one class higher than level 20. So once you've taken 20 levels in a particular class, you have to choose a different one. Right, so I think what they're trying to do there, it sounds like they just don't want you to be a rogue scout and a rogue assassin, for example. You can just, once you pick a class, you get that archetype and you can go up to 20, then you have to be something else. Right. And then they also get to stack all extra attacks and AC bonuses that they've gotten, which is kind of cool. Um, do you have any ideas for this, Alex? All right. So what I would do if I was Kyle is do a rogue in level 20. So you take all 20 levels in rogue to get those 10d6 for sneak attack damage. Which is awesome. Then I would do ranger 5 levels. And at that 5th level with the archetype we're going to choose, we're going to get an extra attack. Mm-hmm. And I'll go into which archetypes we would pick in a second. Sure. But how about the fighter? And for fighter, I would just do the rest. So that would be up to 11. Okay. 
And so let's see. Let's go into the subtypes that I would choose. Yeah. How about rogue? I'm actually going to start with ranger because this one is the same for either way. Okay. So for ranger, I would do the gloom stalker. Sure. And the reason is that at third level, you get this ambush. Dread ambusher. Dread ambusher. And that will give you an extra attack in your first round of combat. It gives you 10 extra move speed. And then on your first round, when you if you hit with that extra attack, you do an extra D10 damage. And it's re- D8. Oh, yep. I but, didn't mean D8. But yes, you do get extra damage if you hit with it, which is cool. And fifth level ranger will also give you an extra attack. So right now, if we're just looking at the ranger part, we get two attacks. Mm-hmm. And they also get a fighting style at level two. And because Kyle said that they preferred to be a ranged attacker, we're going to take the archery fighting style to give you that plus two to attack rolls. Yes. And I assume that also like these kinds of bonuses would stack as well. Right. I'm hoping so because in fighter, we're also going to choose the archery fighting style. Yeah. And then that'd be so cool. It's like, oh no, I'm just adding an extra four to all my ranged attacks. No big deal. Okay, so that's for Ranger. Yes. So for Rogue, I would do one of two. Yes. I guess this would kind of depend on the fighter that we do, but that's fine. I'll talk about Rogue first. So for Rogue, I would either do Scout or Mm -hmm. Assassin. Sure. And with Assassin, what you're going to get is at level three, Mm -hmm. you get the um, Assassinate feature, which will let you... If you go before someone else in combat, then you get advantage on any attack against them. And anytime you hit someone in a surprise round, it's an auto crit. So that's going to help you let you get sneak attack that first round without even needing your allies in the area. Mm -hmm. And then the auto crit is going to give you way more damage if you can surprise people. Definitely. Especially with a 10d6. And then you have a, a particular... Like, yeah, so if we go with Assassin, mm-hmm. for the fighter, I would choose um, Samurai. And that's in Xanther's Guide, right? Yes. Okay. And so with the Samurai... Uh, oh, another note is Gloomstalker can be found in Xanther's Guide. Yep. And with the Samurai, you get uh, the extra attack as a fighter at level 5, and then at level 9, you get a third extra attack. So with the fighter, you're doing three attacks, and with the ranger, you get the extra one. So I think that by their math, they would get four extra attacks. Yes, I agree. And with the gloom sucker, on your first turn, you would get six attacks, which is pretty crazy. Yes, it's a uh, pretty powerful stuff there. <laughs> yeah. So as a samurai, you can do the fighting spirit, and with this, you can use a bonus action to give yourself advantage on all your attacks. For this turn. Okay. So that way on your first round of combat, if you hoping you go before them, you get advantage on all your attacks from assassinate. Now next round you can use your fighting spirit and get advantage again and just give yourself sneak attack and this will give you all those ten D six sneak attack dice, which are gonna be really helping drive home all the damage you're dealing. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Then the other combo I would suggest, and this one is more of the, if your DM's cool, because Kyle mentioned they wanted to do a Kenku for their race. Mm -hmm. 
And my other suggestion would be Arcane Archer for the fighter, which in or the way it's written by Wizards at the Coast, it says elf or half-elf only. Yeah, you have to have some sort of elven ancestry. Yeah, so if your DM allows you to do a Kenku Arcane Archer, I would do that. Okay, and then... And as the Arcane Archer, you again get the fighting style of archery. You get the extra attacks, so you can make three attacks. And then you get a couple things that are kind of cool. So you get the curving shot. And this will let you, if you miss with one of your attacks, you can use a bonus action to redirect it at a different target. And you also get three, or by level 11, you'll have three of the Arcane Archer shots, that they call. Yeah. And the three I would suggest would be Piercing Arrow, Seeking Arrow, and Shadow Arrow. And with the Piercing Arrow, if you can get multiple people in a 30-foot line... It says that they make a deck save, and if they fail, they take the arrow's damage, and I believe this would include the sneak attack damage. Whoa. That's, so you could, yeah. so I think I believe you could hit multiple people with sneak attack with that, and then yeah, it says yeah, you take damages if it were hit by the arrow. So it, oh man, that's so much damage. Yeah. So that is one really cool thing, and then for. The other two, the seeking arrow, it, it kind of just lets you not make a roll and the arrow goes towards the target you specify and then they make a deck save to see whether or not they get hit. Mm-hmm. And then, and that one was just because I needed to pick three and I was like, this one's all right. <laughs> yeah. And my other one that I like is the shadow arrow. And this one is, if it hits, it does an extra 2d6 psychic damage, which is not bad. And then it also will blind them for they can only see five feet. And if you're shooting at them with a ranged weapon, you are most likely more than five feet away. So all your next attacks will have advantage because now they can't see you. Nice. And then you also said that you would choose a different type of rogue depending on what subclass you chose. So for if you were able to do arcane archer, what would you choose for that? So for the rogue type, this time I would choose scout. Mm -hmm. And scout just gives you a couple little things. So the first thing, scout is also in Xanthar's Guide. And the scout will give you skirmisher. So if someone ends their uh, turn within melee range of you, you can use your reaction to move away. So this way, if you're being a ranged shooter, you know, you don't want to be melee. So that's kind of nice. The other really cool thing they get at level 13, you get the ambusher. And this will let you um, have advantage on initiative. And then the first person you hit in the combat, everyone has advantage on attacks against them for the rest of this turn or round. And that would include you on any subsequent attacks you make. Yes, on that specific turn. Yep. And then the, the third thing they get is Sudden Strike. And this is their 17th level feature. And for Sudden Strike, you get to... Uh, use your bonus action to make another attack. So we went from um, six attacks in your first round of combat with the Gloomstalker extra attack to now we can do seven with our bonus action. And if this bonus action attack hits, you also get to use your sneak attack damage again as long as you hit a different target. So if you shoot two creatures in the first round, you can sneak attack both of them, which is so good. That is very good. 
But yeah, I think this is a pretty cool idea that Kyle and his friends had. And it sounds like fun to, you know, stack all these things and try to go way higher than level 20. Though, every time I played a level 20 person, I'm like, wow, we really, you feel like a god. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. So I can't even imagine playing someone beyond that. And please let us know if you have any more questions, Kyle, about this character. Or if anyone else is like, oh, this sounds cool. Tell us more about it. We can definitely do that. And now I'll give you information on how to contact us. <laughs> you can find more information about our show at a couple of characterspodcast.com. Have ideas or feedback or need help creating your next character like Kyle did? Email us at a couple of characterspod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ACOC Podcast. We'd like to thank John Began for composing our theme music. And if you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, those ratings really help us get to more listeners so that we can help more people like Kyle to make their characters better and we can see more bards in the world that want to make vampire musicals. This is important to me. Yes. (laughs) We need these bards out there. Definitely. Another way to support us is by becoming a Patreon donor and you can just search a COC podcast on there as well. Yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter at AlexNWinterland. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at NotADrQuinn. Thanks for listening. Keep on rolling. Yes, give me just a second because I forgot to get a piece of paper. A delicious cheese of pizza paper. <laughs> and I gotta move my paper. Alright, so there's Sage. Paper noise. Just gonna... page painter. Yeah. You get it. You get it. Cut that part, Quinn. Please don't leave that as the end thing. <laughs> Cut that. Okay. Um, Cut that part. Bring okay, up the yes, energy yes, on yes, that. Yes, 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 I will. <laughs> Keep holding.